Welcome to the Hive Mind Show. We're back. We're back. Oh Fuck. god. <laughs> we made it We're back. We're fucking back. God again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Some obstacles in the way. It's no big deal. Fuck. I am your host, Lionel Johnson, and with me as always in the past and in the future is Cole Wilson. But not the present. Not the present. No, we don't live in the present. Nope. We live in the past only. Yep, exactly. Ever talk to an old man at the end of his life? All he thinks about is the past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All that stuff that happened to you all those years ago? That's where we are. That's where we are. That's what we focus on. We're in your memories right now. Mm-hmm. The good, the bad, the ugly, all that. Mostly ugly. There's no new experiences in life. Nope. You're just really reliving out everyone else's lives already. Exactly. Cole, how are you? I'm all right. How are you, Lionel? I I'm 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 good. I'm good. You know, there's good. been um it's been a couple of life updates since the last time we did one of these. I think for the both of us, yeah. <laughs> uh I'd say probably the biggest one is you're no longer in bumfuck Ohio. I'm not. Shortly, shortly, quote unquote, shortly after our Ohio diss track that we recorded, and I ended up moving out of there. Fucking good. Um, an entire mob of Ohioans discovered that video and uh, came after me personally. Pitchforks and rocks, because that's the extent of their technology. And a bunch of Paps Blue Ribbon to throw at me. That too, yes. We have endless amounts of PBR. That's the only reason you'd buy PBR anyway. Like it's throw a, it at somebody. Yeah, you don't you don't buy it to drink it. You buy it to throw it at someone else. I can confidently say that anytime I've ever held a PBR, I I was not drinking it. <laughs> I was I was actively throwing it at someone else. It is. It's got a nice weight to it, you know. It does, and when it like, hits, when it contacts, it creates such a nice explosion of beer that you just don't really care about anyway. So it's fine. Exactly. You're not wasting the good stuff on it. Don't ever waste the good stuff by throwing it at somebody. It's terrible. No, buy buy Paps Blue Ribbon. The throwing beer. The throwing beer. The the national beer of throwing at people. So yeah, how's it feel to be back home in Illinois? It fucking sucks. I hate it. Nice! (laughs) Nice! I, you know, I left, went to a place that was arguably as bad, if not worse, and I came back. I get to you see know, my family. Oh, that's so good. I guess that's good. That's fine. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what life it. is all about. You know, family. Leaving a shitty place, going to a uh, equally as shitty place, until you're just driven to the point where you're like, I got to go back to the original garbage hole that I was living in. At, at least the original garbage hole feels like home. You know exactly. Yeah, I have I have history here. Yeah, there's people that I like here, but there's not people that I like over there. See, yeah, that that's the difference. (laughs) Man, it's been so long since we did this. It has. We've to defend ourselves because we we essentially no here. Listen. What we did is we did exactly like they did with Demon Slayer, where they had a really long hiatus to make the movie. Right? Yes. 
and now they had a smaller hiatus in order to make the actual series. Exactly. So that's just, that is that's just what we did. We are Demon Slayer. Yes. When we people talk about d- Demon Slayer, they don't mean the movie or the show. They mean the Hive Mind show, specifically. We are the Demon Slayer of podcasts. Yeah, exactly. See? Where's my $40 billion budget? Exactly. Did you see that movie? I haven't, no. I never oh. even watched the anime. Oh my god. <laughs> you know but all I these did. statistics about it. I know. Dude, I know. I'm aware. I know it's good. <laughs> I just haven't seen it. I still, like... After, uh... To be fair... Mm-hmm. All that time I spent that I could have watched it, I was watching Attack on Titan. Okay. Which I'm not cut up on. And then okay. over the past week or so, I you got time. You got time to catch up on that. The fucking second half of season four is not coming out until next year or so. Yeah. Did season Did season four of Castlevania drop? Yes. It did. Oh shit! I gotta All do right, that, that today. I was going to say, I have to watch that. I have to finish watching uh, the latest two episodes of The Bad Batch that released on Disney+. Plus. There you go. And this past week, I immediately binged all of the first season of Invincible. Oh, my God. It's so good. It was it was fantastic. It was it was more devastating than I thought it would be. Yes. Like, I knew how it ended. But I just just actually watching it and getting there, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it it, it hurts. <laughs> you know, th- this was this was the good thing for our uh, little hiatus is that there's been plenty of quality fucking content that we've been, you know, watching and shit since then. Absorbing. Yes. Uh, and and I get, we got thoughts on all of it. Oh, and yeah. a lot. <laughs> A lot of the stuff we, we've already mentioned is uh, a very good segue into what today's episode is about. Oh, uh, yeah. We, you know, Cole just said he binge-watched Invincible, and uh, we're both going to watch the final season of Castlevania. Uh, Attack on Titan had their final season earlier this year. Or half of it, at least. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking assholes. And uh, the Demon Slayer movie just came out. It's fucking awesome. I saw it twice in theaters already. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat is out. And I, dude, I was like a kid in a fucking candy store watching that movie. Uh, the common thread between all of these things, though, is that they are all insanely violent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that's an understatement for some of them. Like, to varying degrees, all of these shows and movies are just (laughs) gore-fests. And, uh, yeah, I just just want to talk about, um, in, you know, different types of art and entertainment, like, the impact that violence has as, like, imagery. You want to, you want to say all that again? Violence, yes. Entertainment, excellent. Go. <laughs> so when when we were initially talking about this, we um we we planned to record like two weeks ago, but we had like some severe technical problems. 
to the point where we had to make a whole new Discord to actually start recording these. Yeah. And in it, we, like, we have thrown out this idea. And I find it hilarious that it was Mortal Kombat, right, that birthed the ESRB ratings? Yeah. It, specifically because of how gory Mortal Kombat, well, quote-unquote gory back in the day, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> People were like, this is too much. How We need to have warnings. Because he ripped his face off, and you could see the pixels. There's so many red pixels on the screen. Too many red pixels. Yeah, exactly. And, like, which, I mean, yeah, it's probably a good idea to know that um, certain video games, movies, and whatever else uh, may have blood in it. Or, you know, smoking, or drugs, or violence, or whatever else, nudity. Yeah, but I find it interesting because most people, when you talk about like violent shows such as Invincible or Mortal Kombat or Attack on Titan, right? To the point where it gets like super, super over the top. (laughs) Like, what purpose does it really serve to just show you all that? Right. No, I'm asking you. As a Uh, question. Okay. I need an answer. <laughs> this is so, for 100% of your grade. To me, uh, going so over the top with violence in a lot of uh, like movies and shows and even like video games and things like that, um, it kind of serves the purpose of showing you like just how intense but also fantastical the situation that you're observing is. Because, for for the most part, uh, all of these things, like I said, are insanely fucking violent. But they are violent to the degree where, like, it's not physically possible to ever do in real life. And like, I think that... Go ahead. Sorry. I, I, I just... I think that there's something that people find... You know, it's kind of it's just like a... A primal instinct thing, you know. It's 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 there's a reason why like the first sports in the history of human culture is like gladiator type shit, you know, just watching people fight each other and kill each other. There is something in us that is just built to like, I don't know. I guess enjoy that type of stuff, but. We've come far enough as a society where we're like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't just like have two dudes kill each other in a ring. <laughs> <laughs> what if we faked it though? You know, right? And I think that that still scratches that primal itch for a lot of people, where uh, there is something just inherently like I, I guess cool about seeing somebody get their fucking spine ripped out through their back by somebody's bare hands. Because it's yeah. like, that's not possible at all. <laughs> but it's fucking cool to see. Yeah, that... It's it's interesting you bring that up, because I remember hearing someone talk about that a long time ago. Uh, and talking about, like, why most video games you see have some kind of 
like action or violence. Action just being like no bloody murder or gore. Like people are still fighting each other. There's just no visceral. And uh, something that no one ever really wants to admit is that, well, we actually like killing things a lot. Yeah. Like there's, I mean, that's that's half of uh, who we are as a species. Right. Like, hunter-gatherer. Half of it is the hunting and the killing. And then the other half is like the nurture and growing. Right. So no one ever really wants to admit that. Mostly because it goes against our morals somehow. But, um... Yeah. Go on. Say what you gotta say. I I was gonna say, I I think... I think, uh... Yeah, because it... Because it fits uh, so well with... Things that... uh, People have in them, you know, naturally. There's always kind of that urge to be like, well what how how can we how can we do this in a way where we can entertain people but it's also not actually dangerous because if it's actually dangerous there's going to be fucking problems right uh you don't want to show something that's a little too real and just make audiences uncomfortable right and i and i feel like when you when you get into that that's where you start dipping into like um like stuff like the Saw movies, because the, the new one just came out. Fuck. Um, like I've seen all of the Saw movies, and yeah. they're insanely ridiculous as a series of movies. I cannot believe that there are fucking eight of them. Well, anytime <laughs> they release a Fast and Furious movie, they release a Saw movie, so we can expect. You know what? It's, new... it's starting to seem like that. No, that is exactly what happens. <laughs> Like I'm serious. Look back in the years and tell me that's not that's that's more than a coincidence. So, like those movies uh-huh. are about those movies are about violence, right? Those movies are about people yeah. being tortured in a like horror scenario. It's just gore porn, basically, right? Right, it, right. This is a this is a figure out how to actually do this shit. And that's what's weird about it. That I feel like that's what makes it some that are that are not, you know, like a movie. You compare that to the Mortal Kombat movie that just came out where they literally take fatalities from the games and just do them in the movie. Yeah. To the point where there is uh one of my favorite characters Kung Lao, he's the guy with the spinny blade hat. Yes. He he throws his hat on the ground and it's spinning there like a fucking buzzsaw and he like slams the enemy's like head right into it and it like cuts their entire body in half. Jesus Christ. And like you see all of it like the blood like sprays out and like gets on him and shit like that. You're seeing like you know like the skeleton and the guts and shit. But the difference between that and like a saw trap is that he threw a hat on the ground yeah. and the hat, the brim of the hat is just a blade and it's just spinning there by itself like a buzzsaw. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and like, usually the blood and everything is just way over the top. Yeah. It's like, um, it's the, I mean, 
it's it's theatrical, I guess, theatrical violence as opposed right. to like real violence. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think we had talked about Quentin Tarantino films, like uh, Django Unchained, in like the last part. <laughs> Where like he's yes. shooting guys and there's just a flood of blood spouring out of people. It's like okay, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Even though the whole sequence is strangely real because of how everyone just fumbles around. Exactly. Now you take all of that and you put it into um, an animated context for shows like Invincible and Demon Slayer and Attack on Titan and stuff. Yeah. And I feel like doing thing doing insanely violent things in an animated context it gives you a little more freedom to be uh like more gruesome, I would say, because yeah. you can very easily tell like this is not real. This is these are not real people. This is, you know, insane fucking like monsters and shit doing this because I like I know you saw it probably one of the most graphic things I've ever seen in a show is was from this season of Attack on Titan <laughs> where um I won't say names for anybody who hasn't seen it and doesn't want to be spoiled but one character uses another character uh, essentially, essentially as a fucking nutcracker. Yeah, it's it's terrifying. And like that sounds weird, but it's you know, he gets picked up by his head and <laughs> his his ally is put into his mouth and the other character squeezes his head until she basically just like pops <laughs> and it like seeing that episode like when it first came out I was like oh, holy fuck yeah I was like screaming at the TV it was it was so it was so um diabolical yeah like there's just no other word for it like that was fucked up it was fucked up it was like it was overkill to like get to you know the point that they were trying to get to it's like you you did not have to go that far with this <laughs> i mean in the moment i can see why he did it yeah because there's like i there's like no other idea other than to just do this quickly right so like i get it the logic's there but it's it's such a diabolical act and it takes so long and the character that who's the the victim character who's being used as a nutcracker you can yeah. hear him just screaming that like oh my god right. like he knows what's happening it's terrible and he's he's be, he's being forced to do this to somebody that he knows <laughs> yeah that he cares about that show man they they go places with their violence <laughs> yeah that is like it's it it dips right to points where it's weirdly real and then just totally fantastical and over the top. Yeah, yeah. Like you look at someone who gets shot and they're like on the floor crying and bleeding out, and it's like, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. And uh, so real. 
Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it it goes it goes from like yeah, super super real to literally what the show is about. It's like nope, these are uh sixty foot titans eating people. <laughs> yeah. But no, I was I was also gonna uh, mirror that with um. So have you seen any of Demon Slayer? I have not. I know nothing of okay. Demon Slayer. So the the more I think about this series, uh, the more I like kind of how uh, real it is, I guess. And I, I will explain that by the show is about um, the main character, Tanjiro, who is a teenage boy in yeah. Japan. This is it's supposed to be Japan in like the early like 1920s. So there are there are like cities and stuff, but there's also still a lot of like rural areas like him and his family like live on a mountain. And right. um, he leaves home one day and he comes back the next day. And his entire family has been killed. And it's it's literally it's his mom and his like five siblings. Jesus. And they're all. They're all just, like they've been just slaughtered, and he has no idea what happens. Like he's looking at the scene, and like the doors are all like destroyed and fucked up. There's blood everywhere. Like he thinks a bear like got into their house. Like that's that's how bad it looks. But he finds um his younger sister, who is the second oldest, and uh, she's still alive. So he picks her up and is trying to like get her to a doctor because he you know he knows that she's hurt right uh the sister ends up turning into a man-eating demon and so the way that they set things up in this world is that uh demons exist and they only come out at night and their only source of food is humans and so most people who know about demons are like you know scared of them and they like know the legends and stuff like that but they've been around for so long that society has kind of gotten to the point where uh, some people don't know that they exist like there's a point when they go to like a very like populated like city place and like the, these people in the city have no idea that demons exist interesting okay and so his sister ends up becoming a demon uh, and he is trying to stop her because she's like attacking him. And he's trying to stop her like without hurting her. He ends up getting saved by a guy who is from the Demon Slayer Corps, which is a group of swordsmen who travel the country killing demons. And they don't do this for like pay or money and or favors or anything they that is literally they are an organization that was formed just to kill the demons and eliminate them from existence so he's gonna try to kill his sister because she's a demon now and he begs him not to because he's like she hasn't hurt anybody yet she didn't hurt me like this is this is new to her and he's like i swear i can find a way to turn her back into a human and he's like, that's never happened before. And he's like, well, you have to at least let me try. And what is interesting about the violence of the show is 
whenever you see anything violent happening from the perspective of the demons, it's all like super like gory and gruesome, you know, because they eat people. Right. But when it is the demon slayers causing the violence, you know, when they fight the demons, it is much more uh, like artistic and graceful. Interesting. Okay. And I and the the way they represent it is um so like the Demon Slayers and this is kind of different for anime. The Demon Slayers don't have like special powers or anything. They are all just like normal human beings. The only thing that they have like going for them is that they have swords that are made out of a special metal that can kill demons. And the only way to kill a demon is to cut off its head with one of these swords or expose it to sunlight because they can't be out in the sun. <laughs> and so when they when they kill the demons, they uh, they you everybody is trained in like these different uh, they call them breathing techniques. I'm on and uh, <laughs> super yeah. stance, whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So they're all trained in these different uh, like styles of uh, breathing. And the show visually represents that as like whatever it is that they do. So like the main character, he does water breathing, right? And there are 10 forms in water breathing that he learns. When he does these like 10 forms, if you were like if you were to see him do it like in real life, if you were to see a person do these ten forms, you would see them just move their sword and bodies in like very specific ways, right? Huh. But the way they represent it on the show is that uh, when he swings his sword, it becomes like engulfed in water, so that it looks like a, like a wave is like crashing into whoever he's fighting. But it's okay. it's it's simply like a visual thing. There there is no actual water there. There's other people. Somebody does flame breathing, so like fire covers his sword and stuff. But the, it's not actually there. It's just a visual representation of like what they are doing. Got it. And I I just find that very like um interesting that they do that because they are still being you know, violent in what they are doing. They are killing these monsters. You know, they're trying to cut their heads off the entire time. Yeah. But but when they do it, it is shown as this, like, really, like, artistic and beautiful visual thing. But when the demons do it, it's, it's like, dirty and gory and bloody and, like, evil, you know? Even though they are kind of doing the same thing, but for different reasons. That that actually raises an interesting question. Because um, we had just talked about how what happened in Attack on Titan was super diabolic, diabolical. Yeah. And I think that's why it made such an impact on me. It makes me wonder if what really determines if violence is too much or not is... Um, the intention behind it that is yeah and that that's a that's a great point too because i i do think that there are uh like stories and stuff where you have characters that are violent for 
there are some characters that are violent for the sake of just being violent, and there are others who have some type of purpose behind it, right? Yeah. And then you have to decide as the viewer is the is their purpose for doing this or bad and like how does that line up with me, right? Yeah. Um I got you. Cause I th- I think when you when you talk about like what's a what's a good way? What's a good one that would have that? Um the best anime of all time, Naruto. There you go. Oh yeah, of uh, course. It all leads back to that. But no, you have when you all had... animes lead back to Naruto, obviously. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, hey man, it's the original <laughs> anime. Like I didn't of course. <laughs> I didn't come up with it. Naruto just came first. Exactly. Of all other animes, that's it. Um, but yeah, you get a like in a in a series like that, right? You have uh, a character like Itachi who does one of the most violent things in the entire series, right? When he kills his family, Ooh, yeah. And um, but it is not until like when they first introduce that concept, they're like, no, this guy killed his entire clan by himself in one night and he is a like now a worldwide criminal like if you see him he's dead like all this right it is not until like basically towards the end of the series where it is revealed that one he was doing it to prevent his family starting a fucking uprising and like trying to take over an entire country and two while he was doing it he was not as ruthless as people like in their stories like tell him like perceive him because everybody tells the story and they're like oh he's the most heartless person in the world like he who could do something like that to their own family and then when they show it from his perspective one of the saddest fucking things I've ever seen is him standing in his parents' room and he has a sword to his dad's back and he he like he can't do it. He can't kill his dad. And he's just like standing there crying about it. And his dad tells him that um even though their views don't align, he's still proud of his son for like, you know, standing up for what he believes in. And he's like, I know that you have to do this. I also know that you don't want to do this. But I'm proud of you for going through with it. And in comparison, your mother and I will feel no pain compared to what you're going to have to experience for the rest of your life having to live with this. And it's like, fuck, like... (laughs) Jesus Christ, man. Like, fucking hell. Yeah, and then, you know, they, they... dive into like some deeper stuff if you if you read some of the other stuff that gets put out uh by the creator where he also had a girlfriend that he had to kill but he he couldn't do it so he hypnotizes her basically into she has like a dream of their entire life like lived out together they like get old they have kids and she dies peacefully in her bed as an old woman he did that so that like she didn't have to actually like feel or experience that he killed her in real life oh my god and she's the only person he did that to 
fuck. Holy fuck. <laughs> and it's like a character like that, right? Where it's like you were saying, it's it's how you perceive the violence and how it's being shown to you. When they first introduce it, it's like, oh no, fuck this guy. He's like one of the worst villains in the entire show. But when they give you more context for what he was doing, it's like, oh, he was trying to, like, save everybody. Yeah. And so, like, he sacrifices his own, like, sanity and humanity in order to protect his home. He he put his home before his family, except for his brother. His little brother was the only person he couldn't kill. And, uh, man, to have to do that, live with it for years, and not tell anybody, like, what actually happened. Like, even when he, you know, eventually he dies. Even when that happens, he did not, he didn't tell his brother, like, the truth. Somebody else has to tell his brother, like, no, your, your older brother was actually, like, a very good person, like... He wasn't this evil monster that people talk about all the time. Like he, he. <laughs> then you know you get shows like uh, Invincible, <laughs> where people just explode every thirty seconds. Violence is literally just a part of being a superhero, and that's like, at least that's what I got was the point of it. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I, I feel like that's what it is, too. Because I haven't, I haven't seen much of the comic. I'm aware of the comic, and I've seen little bits of it. Mm-hmm. But in the show, like there are moments where... Spoilers for people who haven't seen the show. Um, there are moments where like Mark is going off and like doing things that he is clearly capable of. And when mm-hmm. he's doing things he's capable of, there's almost no violence whatsoever. Right. But the second he's in over his head, that's when all the blood and the gore and the viscera just starts showing up, and it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. And I don't know if that speaks more about the show and what they're going for, or if that speaks more about who Mark is as a character, or who Invincible is as a superhero. I think if if he could help it, he wouldn't let it get to that situation. Oh, yeah. Everyone else around him is just like, well, this is part of the job of being super strong. You know, there's going to be casualties and you're here to kill people. Like right. that one He's like... guy that just puts a hole in his chest. Oh, my God. That was like one of that was one of the worst things I had ever seen where he had that mace and he just brought it down on his abdomen and punched a hole in him. I was like, Battle holy beast. shit. Battle Beast, that's his name. Yeah. Dude's fucking ruthless. Yeah, I think I, th- I think it's interesting that um, in that show they uh, yeah, like they showcase a lot of like insanely violent things happening, uh, like two superheroes, which you don't usually see. Like you don't usually see superheroes get messed up that badly, right? right? You you you'll see like superheroes get like hurt. You know, and they'll be bleeding or something. But this, I've never seen something where, <laughs> yeah, like a superhero just had a straight up hole put through his entire body because he was just in over his head. Yeah. Like, that typically does not 
happen because it, usually it doesn't happen because you don't ever want to showcase uh your title character or main character or main protagonist or whatever as being so much weaker than the obstacles that they are going up against <laughs> most everyone else you know i was talking to one of my friends about the show yesterday and he was like because he had just finished it and he was like does does mark win a single fight in the entire like season um and i was like yeah i and i and I, I was thinking about it and i was like i know he beats there's that one like fucking like jobber supervillain that keeps showing up that has like the laser hand <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And like he like he beats him every time because he he can just like punch him once and he's done, right? But for the most part, like every fight that he gets into, I want to say like after episode like three or four, he gets into a fight like in every episode and like loses every single one. Well, that's like that's why Mark is such a relatable character to watch, you know? Yeah. Not only do you root for the underdog, but like. We've all we've all been fools before, you know. Like, uh, specifically starting off at art, we've all been bad before at something. So yeah. seeing Mark just have to be bad is great. It's fantastic, but also, also horrifying. Yeah, and I also love that it makes it extremely fucking ironic that his superhero name is Invincible, considering how badly he gets fucking beaten all the time. I mean, he hasn't died, so I guess there's something in that. Yeah, he's, I the guess. Only, he's the only person who survived the onslaught from his own dead. <laughs> oh man, it's it's such a it's such a good show. It's it's so well written, and I I think I think you got to give credit to uh, Robert Kirkman for writing this fucking story because, oh, yeah. like he hit. So he did Walking Dead and Invincible. And for a while, because uh, they both have now ended as comic books, uh, but he was doing both at the same time. Was he really? Shit. Yeah, both of those books were coming out at the same time at one point. Um, and so, like, The Walking Dead is his zombie story. So Invincible is his superhero story, right? Right. And in both of those he showcases violence like really extreme violence but in very different ways where like the walking dead is using violence for the sake of like showing you how dangerous the world that they are now living in is right where around any corner something could be there uh you know walkers could be there other people could be there you know the world is so much different now since the zombie apocalypse happened. It's just a dangerous fucking place to live. Invincible is like the world is a dangerous place because there are these people with powers just fucking flying around doing whatever they want. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like there's, there really is just no way to stop someone who is, I mean, stronger than you. Other right. than maybe, and... like, the humans, 20 years of human spirit. <laughs> but... but it's, it's just, like... Yeah, what, like, what do you do 
in these situations. And I and I think the the part that to me solidified uh how intense Invincible is as a story is I think it's in like episode two. When Mark tries to save uh the people from there's there's an alien invasion. Oh yeah, that and uh he he flies to save this like old woman who is in the crossfire and when he 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 picks her up and he gets he ends up getting like shot out of the sky and he falls and like craters into the street he's fine because he's invulnerable and but like he crashed while holding a frail old woman <laughs> Yeah, and so like he just like gets up and looks, and she was her body is just under him, and her leg is like bent in the completely wrong direction, and the bone is sticking out and shit. And he's like, "Oh my god, oh my god, I'm sorry, oh my god, yeah," and immediately rushes her to like the Pentagon. Inevitably, finds out that he did kill her, right? And it's like you, and then he has to deal with like. You know, you didn't kill her, but you have to be, like, aware of how you're saving people and, like, what you're doing, like, in these types of situations. Because she she was essentially killed because he can't be hurt. Like, he, because he was, because he was flying and holding her and got hit. He crashed into the street going, what, like, a hundred miles an hour? Probably, yeah, some <laughs> shit like that. And so, like, he stands up and is totally fine, and then she's just this crumpled up body underneath him. Oh, jeez. Well, we're, we're, we're getting close to time. So, I, I guess we should wrap up by, like, what what's your full opinion of the use of violence like do you think it's necessary do you think it do you think it tells a story the way it should i think it does because i think there are enough different types of uh different types of stories and different types of genres that if violence wasn't in any of them it wouldn't be relatable because yeah, I feel like even though even though a lot of the violence that's in a lot of entertainment is, you know, over the top and fantastical and stuff, to a degree, it is still relatable in the sense that, like, ev- everybody's been hurt in their life, right? Like, physically. Right. Um, it, like, people people know what it's like to be hurt. People know what it's like to, you know, like, lose people that are close to them. Things like that. And if if there wasn't any of that in, you know, movies or TV or games or anything, books, um, I feel like it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a genuine story because it would make it feel like, well, these things don't happen in this world. But it's like, oh, well, they happen in real life. So why yeah. wouldn't it happen here? That's an interesting take on it. But I, I do think you're right. It does make it. I mean, more real, even if it is, like, fantastical violence. Yeah. Like, uh, violence, especially for people who, it's weird that you brought up Demon Slayer, because, um, Mm -hmm. thinking about, like, the kinds of people who live 
not necessarily out in the wilderness, but away from uh like big cities and whatever, you know. Yeah. There's think of like a farmer and what they have to go through or like a rancher. Yeah. It's I mean, a lot of your job is killing whatever is there usually to eat. Like I I tell the story of like the one guy who gutted a pig in front of the other pigs. Right. Because they were stepping on his hens. Like it's I mean, that's something you have to deal with more uh, the further away you get from like established society if that makes sense i don't want that to sound so fucking horrible yeah (laughs) but i mean that's the case you go out to where there's not as much city and that becomes more of a thing you have to deal with i mean you still have to deal with it in the city especially if you live in like some shady neighborhoods right but in the city or at least in that kind of context it's a lot more it feels like it's a lot more violence out of some kind of anger or spite Whereas, thinking like a rancher again, it's more like violence out of necessity. Yeah. Because you can't eat unless you uh, force something else to stop moving so you can eat it. And so the, the interesting thing about that, right, is when, in this particular story, when the main character does kill demons, um, usually, like, the people he ends up saving are you know are grateful for him killing this demon that's been like plaguing their village or whatever for however long he will always uh do basically do like a kind of like a prayer for them because he's aware that even though these these person that he just killed was a demon at one point they were a human like nobody nobody in this world is born a demon you have to be turned into one oh man so He's like, he realizes that something had to have happened that was just horrific in this person's life for them to be driven to either be forced to become a demon or they wanted to become one. Those are really the only two ways that that happens. And so after he kills them, he's always he always has this little moment of like remorse for them where he's like, this is just this is a person who had a life at some point and just had like a fucked up day or a fucked up month or something, you know, and they really thought that this was their only option to have a better life. And he does not like enjoy killing demons. You meet some other characters in the story who are like, yeah, like I want to kill as many demons as I can. He, he, the main character is very much in the sense of like, he's like, I'm doing this out of, a necessity because if we if we don't kill the demons they're going to you know kill more humans i get that but let's just get to the top so that we can stop this like for good you know that yeah that that actually reminded me of something i i watched this youtuber called lindy beige i highly recommend him to anyone who's listening right now um he's just like a weird british like uh, I'm, I'm not. I actually don't know what he does. But he's a very like educated individual. Um, and he was talking about like the difference in wartime between like the kind of people who can who can just kill on command, yeah. and most people in wartime can't do that. You you have right. to go through like 
a lot of like boot camp and training that you go through nowadays, especially, is yeah. meant to just it's meant to hone your reflex so that your first reflex is to kill something. Right. Right. And the a large problem is that we don't know how to work that out of people. So there's a lot of people who go into the military, learn how to just kill on reflex, and then don't know how to stop doing that. Yeah. That's why, like, if uh, you should never scare a veteran because they'll probably just punch you in the throat first. I have seen that happen in real life, and it was yeah. one of the most terrifying moments. Like, nothing happened, but in that moment, I was like, oh, he's about to beat the fuck out of this dude. Yeah. That, I mean, that, you know, you're on edge all the time. But anyway, yeah. he was talking about um, the psychology of just being able to kill without having to be honed like that. And there were two right. kinds of people he narrowed it down to. I don't know if he has like some kind of uh, any kind of uh, permit to be talking about it like this, but it made sense at least in listening to him. Yeah. Oh God, sorry, my cat just latched onto my butt. That hurts so bad. What are you doing, stupid? But he was talking about the two kinds of people who can just kill on command like that. One, you're either really screwed up. Like there's some kind of men something mentally wrong with you, either from birth or something that happened to you, mm -hmm. or you do it out of love. Oh wow! And I know it's uh, super deep, right? I'm 14. Yeah. And it's deep. But uh, the way he explained it made sense, especially like say you are the parents and you see your kids, uh, someone like attacking your kids or a dog or something. Uh huh you you're going to absolutely unleash some kind of hell on whatever's doing it and you're probably going to be very brutal about it right you know and i don't know it was the first time i had heard that it sent me back cuz it's funny how you take something so awful or that people consider so awful as violence and break it down into <laughs> a way to unlock that kind of violence is to have a a strong love of something that, yeah, that's that's actually really interesting, and um, I you know I read a uh, and I'll I'll just say this to wrap that up, but I was reading something yesterday about um, the writer of Demon Slayer was talking about the series, like uh -huh. in an in an interview and stuff, and um, you know they they were asking him questions like why. Uh, you know, like, how'd you come up with the idea? Like, why did you uh, want the main character to be this kind of, like, remorseful person as opposed to, like, he likes to fight and stuff like that? And he kind of responds with, um, well, to me, being part of the Demon Slayer core is a curse. And he's like, yeah. you have to, he's like, you have to look at it in the sense that, like, all of the core members are like children. I want to say I want to say the oldest person, the oldest character that they introduce in the Demon Slayer core is like 23. Oh my god. And it's like he's like there's a reason that all of the core members are children and it's because all of them have lost somebody to demons whether it's like their parents or their siblings, you know, something like that. They've all been hurt by these demons and want to dedicate their lives to fixing that one thing that went wrong in their life. 
And he's like, they join this group as a way to help. But really, it's just a curse because all of them are looking for peace. But the only way to get there is to kill and fight constantly. And at where the story of Demon Slayer takes place, the organization has existed for like 400 years. And they have not gotten any closer to <laughs> being able to solve, like, how to stop demons from being made or getting to, you know, the, like, demon that's at, like, the very top, you know. They've been doing this for 400 years and have basically just been, like, running in place the entire time. But they still keep doing it because if we don't try, it's never going to happen is basically how they feel. Right. Yeah, it's... Violence is a weird thing whenever you talk about, like, the psychology behind it. Yeah. Sometimes it's just, like, that's the only thing you can do. Um, sometimes right. it's to protect the things that you love. Other times it's to, to lash out because you've got nothing left and what else is there. Sometimes exactly. necessary, especially if you're out in the wilderness and hungry. Sometimes it's, it's you know, just overkill when you use a dude as a nutcracker. Right. Actually, I feel like there's I, I'm almost willing to say there's three different kinds that we've talked about. There's the one that's out of necessity, out of like some kind of preservation, whether that yeah. be through love or through your own like uh, to just to stave off your own mortality, you know? Right. There's the kind where there's just nothing left, right? So, mm -hmm. um, not necessarily out of necessity, but that is just how life is. Yeah. And then there's the diabolical kind. Right? The yeah. kind that you just do just to do it. Where it's not right. necessary. It is purely overkill. Right. Yeah. Out of love, out of hate, and then... I don't know what you would call the last one. Pure malice. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> something that transcends that it's it's not even it's not even that like you hate this person it's that <laughs> they're in your way they're they're inconveniencing you in some type of way and you're like well i'm just gonna kill them <laughs> it's just like well you, you don't have to do that <laughs> yeah hmm. yeah violence is crazy dude maybe it's more like violence out of love out of hate and then out of just not caring if that makes sense there's another word for that uh, apathy apathy yeah thank you i mean that's i remember talking to our boy abraham i know you remember him oh god one i've only had a few passing conversations with him but one of them was like uh there's no a lot of people view love and hate as one side and the other of a spectrum uh-huh but really it's love and hate on one side and then apathy on the other side that makes sense to me. Because in order to hate something, you have to care about it. That <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. About it. Whereas just not true. caring at all is almost like the most evil thing you can do. Damn. Damn. We're dropping truth bombs here on the Hive Mind Show. That's all we do. My name is Cole Wilson. This is deep. <laughs> <laughs> this is a deep message, and I approve. This is deep, and I approve. <laughs> I'm 14, this is Deep. <laughs> Welcome to the Hive Mind Show, Season 2. This is what, this is what we do now. Get ready.
for something, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, it's going to be something. You'll find out. Yes. Bigger, better, badder, longer, uncut, more violent. All of it. All of it, everything. Coming to <laughs> iTunes and... Not iTunes. Fucking Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify. There we go. There you go. Get that plug out there. I got it. All right. Well, we will leave you guys for this week. What do you think of violence in entertainment? Is it is it good? Is it bad? Is it necessary? Is it unnecessary? I want to know. Cool? Do you just like taking part in violence, you fucking freak? Exactly. What what what's wrong with you? Why why do you like this? You should go get help. Exactly. <laughs> go see a therapist. You know. <laughs> and with that, we will leave you for the week. Excellent. Goodbye.